happening, food eaters? This is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast and the self-professed prophet of processed foods. This is episode number 38 in the monthly series. So what's all this buzz about fake meat lately? It's not fake news about real meat, but it's real news about fake meat. Got that? The Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger are taking some giant bites out of the burger business. What's the scoop? Why are these burgers becoming so popular and what's really in them? Are they healthy to eat? Should we be eating them? Those are the questions for today's podcast. Plus, as a special bonus, I will conduct a taste test of the Impossible Burger using a food eater who has never tried one. For newcomers to the podcast, here's some info about me. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food testing, and food chemical research. And for much of that time, I've had a fascination, some may call it a sick obsession, with processed foods, what's in those foods, and how they may be affecting our health. I look behind the commercial food curtain at all of those strange, hard-to-pronounce, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up and many of the foods stocked on the shelves of our grocery stores. This is a 100% free on-demand radio program. No sponsors, no commercials, no fundraisers. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine, and to keep it that way, I won't work with any business, commercial product, or sponsoring organization. All I ask of you is to listen, and if you are informed, educated, or entertained by the content, please let others know through social media, or the old-fashioned way, word of mouth. Website and contact information will be provided at the end of the show. So, let's begin. Meatless hamburgers, a news topic that has been all over the media lately and is likely to occupy a top tier for the rest of the year. Now, I'm not just talking about the run-of-the-mill vegetarian or vegan burgers that have been around for decades. Those were intended to mimic the look of beef-based hamburgers, that is, they were round, compact, and maybe had some beef-like texture. But they were easily distinguishable from ground beef due to their taste and composition. Maybe some veggies were clearly visible in the patties. New to the scene are engineered meatless patties designed to mimic beef hamburgers, even to the extent of visible plant-derived bleeding, and some people are unable to tell the difference. There are two companies that are competing for the top spot, Impossible Foods, maker of the Impossible Burger, and Beyond Meat, maker of the Beyond Burger. Now, it's important not to confuse these faux burgers with cultured meat, also known as lab meat or in vitro meat. They're entirely different things. The Impossible and Beyond Burgers are made entirely from plant-based ingredients or plant-derived additives. Cultured meats, on the other hand, are derived from the propagation of actual animal cells to make muscle-like products through a complex biological process. Those products are still years away from hitting the supermarket shelves since so far the technology and production methods are still expensive to scale up. The faux burgers fall into the category of processed foods. So, as is my want, I'm going to evaluate their composition and nutrient profiles and compare them to the real thing. 
In September of 2017, Newsweek published an article called, quote, What's Going On with the Impossible Burger and the FDA, end quote. Here are some quotes from that article. The entire premise of the Impossible Burger is that it is a burger engineered to replicate every aspect of the traditional burger experience. Taste, texture, sight, scent, feel, and even the sound. Yes, really, it goes that deep. As far as all of your senses are concerned, it's a regular good old burger. The one key difference, though, is that it's made entirely from natural and plant-based ingredients, and thus it is healthier and more sustainable. In these ingredients, you'll find no hormones, no antibiotics, and no artificial ingredients. End quote. Quote again. Their special ingredient is a protein known as heme. It's released from soy leg hemoglobin when it breaks down, and this supposedly gives the burger a unique meat-like taste and texture, and I'll add blood color, end of quote. This ingredient has been challenged as a food additive, but Impossible Foods claims that it's completely safe based on all the tests they've done. So, there appears to be at least one controversial ingredient in the Impossible Burger. I'll talk more about that later when I deconstruct the ingredients list. How about a little history? What do we know about the Impossible Foods company? There's not a whole lot since it's a fairly new company. Uh, the following comes from their website. Quote, We've been eating meat since we lived in caves. And today, some of our most magical moments together happen around meat. Those moments are special, and we never want them to end. But using animals to make meat is a prehistoric and destructive technology. Animal agriculture occupies about half the land on Earth, consumes a quarter of our fresh water, and destroys our ecosystems. So, we're doing something about it. We're making meat using plants so that we never have to use animals again. That way, we can eat all the meat we want for as long as we want and save the best planet in the known universe. End of quote. The company was founded in 2011 in Redwood City, California by Pat Brown. The Impossible Burger was launched in July of 2016. The patty has more protein, less total fat, no cholesterol, and fewer calories than similar-sized beef patties. However, it contains more sodium and saturated fats. It received kosher and halal certifications in 2018. In January of 2019, the company launched the 2.0 version, which they claim is tastier, juicier, and more nutritious with lower sodium and saturated fat but still the same amount of protein. Plus, it's gluten-free, using soy instead of wheat protein. They are working on future products, such as substitutes for whole cuts of beef, including steak. YouTube has a number of videos with people trialing the Impossible Burger. Burger King recently announced that they are debuting a Whopper made with the Impossible Burger with an initial launch in St. Louis. Here is a clip 
from a CNET video published in April 2019. You'll hear the founder, Pat Brown, comment about his burger at the end of the clip. People will get a burger that they will actually believe is made from an animal and be told it's made from plants and think it's an April Fool's joke, and it's not. So it's kind That's of a, a, me a, meta, okay. a meta April Fool's joke. We're making meat from plants. That's never been done before. People have made plant-based replacements for meat, but they haven't made plant-based meat. Okay, so after all the understanding of what we're talking about, the science and technology that went into it, the tools and machinery that are going to be used to grill it, it all comes down to one thing for the customer. What's it like when I pull it out of the wrapper? Now here is one of those Whoppers we bought at the local Burger King, right? Now we know what this looks like here. We've disassembled one there. And you can see here's the grilled side of it. Let's compare that to the Impossible. It's going to go into that Whopper. You can see more regularity on this side. The Impossible goes in and comes out with the right shape, the right size. Because of what it's made of, it doesn't have this kind of shrinkage going on and some different shaping to it. All right, let's assemble our very own custom, not yet available in Silicon Valley, available in Silicon Valley, Impossible Whopper. Okay, now you can see from the outside, look pretty similar, but the key, I think, is to cut in here now. And let's see what these guys look like when they're cross-sectioned. So, there is our traditional Whopper, and here, is our Impossible Whopper. Okay, I've never played with food so much in my life and not actually tasted it. Let's get a bite now of the Impossible Whopper. This is pretty accurate we've assembled here. These are real Whoppers with real Impossible patties that are going to Burger King. This is all the real deal. All you're missing is the Burger King employee. Sorry, I can't help that. Let's see what we got here. Now, I've had Whoppers, I know what they taste like. You know what's so good about it? It's how unremarkable it is. It's just like the Whopper you know. And that expected sameness and normalness is really the big story here. Come along with some kind of a plant-based patty or something that takes you a different direction, and consumers quickly feel schooled as if what they've been eating isn't what they should have been eating. And over and over, studies say the consumers will push back on that and say, don't judge me, don't criticize me, I like what I like. This should print as what they like. One place the Impossible Whopper will be different is price, costing about a buck more than a standard Whopper. In an industry where wars have been fought with items that often cost just a dollar. But if you give them our burger, a very large majority of them say they would definitely buy it, okay? And would be willing to pay a premium for it. Similar surveys reveal that if consumers do spend the money and make the choice, it's for taste and their own health first, with the good of the environment and animals a pretty distant second. But neither Impossible nor Burger King can know for sure, as nobody has done plant-based meat in a restaurant at this scale. Now let's turn to the ingredients list. Not counting water, which is the first ingredient, and leaving out some non-functional vitamins and minerals, here are the ingredients for the Impossible Burger 2.0. Starting with the second ingredient, soy protein concentrate, coconut oil, sunflower oil, natural flavors, 
2% or less of potato protein, methyl cellulose, yeast extract, cultured dextrose, food starch modified, soy leg hemoglobin, salt, soy protein isolate, mix tocopherols, sodium asorbate, and that was the last one. Note that there are 15 non-water ingredients in this burger. The first ingredient, soy protein concentrate, is no surprise. It has been used as a meat substitute for over 30 years. Early on, it was used to cut natural beef to make cheaper products. I have talked about that ingredient many times in this podcast. It's one of the most common ingredients in processed foods, and it's a very industrialized product. The next two ingredients are oils. To make the patty appear to look like beef, coconut oil is used to provide white areas in the patty, since it is a solid at room temperature or below. The first low concentration ingredient is potato protein. Potato protein is the concentrated protein that's been extracted from white potatoes. My guess for the use of potato protein is that it provides texture to the burger and helps to hold it together. It would be acting similarly to sodium caseinate from milk protein, which provides emulsification, holds oil and water together, and stabilization. Next on the list is methyl cellulose. That's made from wood pulp or cotton, and it also aids in emulsification. Then we have yeast extract, a source of glutamate, which is used to intensify meat flavoring. The ninth ingredient is cultured dextrose. I have never seen dextrose, also known as corn sugar, listed like that on a label. It's prepared by the fermentation of sugar powder. It's purported to inhibit the growth of undesirable bacteria and mold in food. So we'll just call it a preservative. Ingredient number 10 is modified food starch. I've talked ad nauseum about that ubiquitous and nonspecific ingredient in the past, so I won't dwell on it here. It's probably in the patty as a binder. The 11th ingredient is the magic one, soy leg hemoglobin. That obnoxious sound signifies that a new ingredient has appeared in the podcast. The ingredient of the day. What is this stuff? Leg hemoglobin is a protein found in the root nodules of the soy plant and interacts with soil bacteria to help the plant fix nitrogen from the air into a usable form that can be used for nourishment. That's why planting soybeans is a good way to enrich the soil with nitrogen. The leg hemoglobin is a cousin of hemoglobin found in animals. The common feature is heme, which in us gives rise to the red color of blood. The controversy around this ingredient is the fact that it has not been used in other food products. Also, the Impossible Foods company does not source the ingredient from soybean plants, but has engineered a yeast to synthesize it by fermentation. A health concern arises whenever a foreign protein is introduced into the food supply because allergic reactions in people may occur. 
To avoid that problem, Impossible Foods hired an outside lab to determine if the substance was an allergen. It was found not to be. When the burger is cooked, the protein breaks down or denatures and releases the heme, giving the burger its realistic pink-red color. The FDA eventually gave a thumbs up to the use of bioengineered leg hemoglobin. Getting back to the ingredient list, the 13th ingredient is soy protein isolate, which makes a second appearance for some reason. The 14th and 15th ingredients of vitamin E and vitamin C are natural antioxidants, so they too serve as preservatives. Since I've reviewed the traditional Burger King Whopper in an earlier episode, number 27, this would be a great opportunity to compare the nutritional properties of the Burger King plant version versus the animal version. The first number in each pair represents the impossible burger. So starting out, we have calories, 630 versus 660. Calories from fat, 306 versus 360. Total fat, 34 grams versus 40 grams. Saturated fat, 11 grams versus 12 grams. Cholesterol, 0 milligrams versus 10 milligrams. Sodium, 1,240 milligrams versus 980 milligrams. Carbs, 58 grams versus 49 grams. Fiber, 4 grams versus 2 grams. Sugars, 12 grams versus 11 grams. And finally, protein, 25 grams versus 28 grams. As you can tell, the nutritional values are really close, so it's obvious that the Impossible Foods Company tried really hard to mimic the properties of the beef burger. The main differences are in the cholesterol, sodium, and fiber levels. Obviously, without any animal products, the Impossible Burger has zero amount of cholesterol. That's a good thing. However, the Impossible Burger has 27% more sodium in it. That's a bad thing. Actually, a single sandwich would have close to half the daily recommended amount of sodium in it. Lastly, the Impossible Burger has twice as much fiber in it. Sounds good, but it's really no big deal since 4 grams is still a low value for the daily need. Now I'll turn my attention to Beyond Meat, the arch competitor to Impossible Foods. Ethan Brown founded the Beyond Meat Company in El Segundo, California in 2009. One of the wealthiest people in the world, Bill Gates of Microsoft fame, was an early investor. Also, Tyson Foods, a mega meat producing company, owns 5% of Beyond Meat. The company started by selling chicken meat analogs, and by 2014, it had developed its first beef imitation called the Beast Burger. Then, in 2016, they released the Beyond Burger to grocery stores to be sold alongside animal-based meats. In a Whole Foods store in Boulder, Colorado, the product sold out within the first hour. In 2018, Beyond Meat came out with Beyond Sausage and opened a second production facility in Columbia, Missouri. 
It also has an international presence in 50 markets. Starting in 2018, the Beyond Burger was available at all the Canadian A&W restaurants, which are the second largest fast food chain in the country. In the U.S., Carl's Jr. restaurants uh, sell a similar product that is charbroiled and is served with American cheese. The burger is also available in TGI Friday restaurants. Here is their story at the company website. Quote, at Beyond Meat, we started with simple questions. Why do you need an animal to create meat? Why can't you build meat directly from plants? It turns out you can, so we did. We hope our plant-based meats allow you and your family to eat more, not less, of the traditional dishes you love while feeling great about the health, sustainability, and animal welfare benefits of plant protein. Together, we can truly bring exciting change to the plate and beyond. Here's a YouTube clip by CNBC about the Beyond Burger. But all that meat comes at a cost. The U.S. processed 32.2 million cattle and calves in 2017, according to the North American Meat Institute. To make a single pound of beef takes on average 308 gallons of water. People love meat, I love meat, but there's also a recognition of the challenges of meat that's been harvested from animals, particularly in factory farming. Enter Beyond Meat. They produce burgers that look, cook, and taste just like meat. But they're not what we think of as meat. They're made entirely out of plants. And since 2016, they've made their way into thousands of supermarkets, drive-throughs, restaurants, hotels, and sports stadiums. And the company's gotten major investments from Bill Gates, Leonardo DiCaprio, former McDonald's CEO Don Thompson, and Tyson Foods. So why did this new age burger take on the battle with beef? And will it win? At Beyond Meat's R&D lab, food scientists, chemists, and engineers are perfecting the art of the animal-free burger. Beyond Meat's burger patties end up with roughly the same amount of protein as raw beef, but significantly more sodium due to the preservation and flavoring processes. It's also worth noting that they still have 20 grams of fat, almost on par with beef. Beyond Meat is the brainchild of Ethan Brown, a once carnivore turned vegan who grew up around his family's farm in Western Maryland. I spent a lot of time there. We had dairy cattle there. And so I was very close to animals growing up, loved them, and was fascinated by them. Passionate about the environment, Brown pursued a career in clean energy. But I began to realize that livestock uh, had a larger contribution to, to climate than many of the things that I was working on in terms of uh, the emissions. 9% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture. And of that, one third comes from methane emitted from cow digestion. So in 2009, Brown began working on a healthier, more humane burger. The question, you know, why are you trying to, to build a piece of meat from plants? Why not just encourage people to eat plants directly? A burger is something people love. And so we went after that core part of the American diet. Today, Beyond Meat is booming. The company has sold more than 25 million burgers worldwide since its launch in 2016. You can find the company's products everywhere, from grocery stores like Whole Foods and Safeway to fast food chains like Carl's Jr. and A&W. U.S. retail sales of plant-based meats grew by 24% in 2018. Animal meats 
grew by just 2%. I think we have reached one of two important tipping points um, as far as adoption of plant-based meat, and that is the quality of the product. It's not 100% there, but it's 99% of the way there, and I think the next hurdle is going to be price. Price has reduced drastically over the last few years, but I think it's still on the higher end. As for Brown, he's hopeful for the future. Someday, I think plant-based meat will overtake animal protein as the main source of meat, but I can't predict when. I do believe it will happen in my lifetime. So what's in the Beyond Burger? Here is the ingredient list, starting with number one, pea protein isolate, then expeller pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, cellulose from bamboo, methyl cellulose, potato starch, natural flavor, maltodextrin, yeast extract, salt, sunflower oil, vegetable glycerin, dried yeast, gum arabic, citrus extract, ascorbic acid, beet juice extract, acetic acid, succinic acid, modified food starch, and lastly, annatto. There is a total of 21 ingredients in this burger. The first ingredient is pea protein isolate. We got another new ingredient here. This product, of course, is derived from peas and can replace soy protein isolate or whey in foods where people have allergies or are just trying to avoid those ingredients, such as vegans. The product is a light yellow powder and contains 80% protein. It has the properties of water solubility, low viscosity, and good dispersive stability. That is, it stays in solution. There is actually a milk substitute made from this stuff called Ripple. Unfortunately, as a relatively new product, I couldn't find any information as to how it is manufactured. It is becoming popular in the food world, so you may see it popping up all over in various processed foods in the near future. The second ingredient is expeller-pressed canola oil. The thing to note here are the words expeller-pressed. The better, healthier oils are expeller-pressed, where the seeds are mechanically crushed to expel the oil component, instead of the oil being removed by a toxic solvent, like hexane, a petrochemical. The Beyond Meat Company is going the extra mile by using a higher grade oil. The fourth and fifth ingredients, cellulose and methylcellulose, are derived from the fibers in wood pulp or cotton, and you wouldn't think of them as food ingredients unless you have termite-like tendencies. Adding cellulose to food allows an increase in bulk and fiber content without a major impact on flavor. Cellulose provides a lot of volume or bulk to food, but because it is indigestible to humans, it has no caloric value. The gelling action of cellulose when combined with water provides both thickening and stabilizing qualities in the food to which it is added. Cellulose gel acts similarly to an emulsion, suspending ingredients within a solution and preventing water from separating out. The sixth ingredient is potato starch, which probably serves as a binder in the patty. The seventh ingredient is my nemesis, 
natural flavor, which means essentially nothing. Beyond Meat, like most other food companies, is protecting a proprietary formula for the flavoring of the patty. Ingredients 8 through 13 have been mentioned before or are pretty familiar, so I won't comment on them. Ingredient number 14 is gum arabic, a plant-based material that probably serves as another binder. Ingredients number 15 and 16, citrus extract and ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C, are acting as natural preservatives. Ingredient number 17 is beet juice extract and serves as the blood imitator. Yes, this burger bleeds too. Ingredients number 18 and 19, acetic acid and succinic acid, serve as acidic agents to control pH. Ingredient number 21, annatto, is a natural food coloring that imparts a yellow to pink color to foods. It is also used in the meat casings for hot dogs. Let's take a look at the nutritional profiles of the two fake burgers. For each nutrient category, I will list the Impossible Burger first, followed by the Beyond Burger. These values are based on a 4-ounce serving size, which is much smaller than the one mentioned earlier in the Burger King Whopper. Okay, so we have calories first, 240 versus 270. Calories from fat, 126 versus 180. Total fat, 14 grams versus 20 grams. Saturated fat, 8 grams versus 5 grams. Cholesterol, of course, zero in both cases. Sodium, 370 milligrams versus 380 milligrams. Carbs, 9 grams versus 5 grams. Fiber, 3 grams versus 3 grams. Sugars, less than 1 gram versus 0 grams. And finally, protein, 19 grams versus 20 grams. So looking at the data, the Beyond Burger packs a few more calories. This is reflected in the total fat, where the Beyond Burger has 43% more total fat than the Impossible Burger. Also, you can see that reflected in the ingredients list, where the Beyond Burger has three sources of fat versus two for the Impossible Burger. The other nutritional values are pretty close. The Impossible Burger has 80% more carbs, but the carb value of 9 grams is pretty small. Both burgers are loaded with protein at about 20 grams each. A 150-pound person would require roughly 75 grams per day of protein. So either one of these burgers would provide about 27% or over one-fourth of the daily protein need. This podcast wouldn't be worth its salt if I didn't actually carry out a taste test for one of the bogus burgers. Where I live, only the Impossible Burger is available at local restaurants. So I contacted one of the restaurants and requested that three burgers be prepared exactly the same way. Same buns, condiments, and toppings two of which were made from ground beef, and the third one made from the Impossible Burger. I asked the restaurant to cut each burger into quarters. After paying for the carryout, I headed for the test destination. Now that purchase really crashed the food label's revealed budget, which started out the year at around $40. But I took one for the cause. I headed for my son-in-law's house. Brian is a lifetime beef eater, but readily agreed to participate in the test. 
After some chit-chat, we headed to a private area in his house. I blindfolded him, this was truly a blind taste test, and gave him each burger in turn to taste and evaluate. Unknown to him, the third item was the Impossible Burger. Each burger was dressed alike with lettuce, onion, and mustard. Here is a field recording of the test. Okay, are you ready to start? I am ready. Okay. So, Brian, uh, have you been a meat eater your whole life? I have. Great. Uh, have you ever tried the Impossible Burger? I have not. All right. What I'm going to do, I'm going to place three burgers in front of you for taste testing. Uh, two of these burgers are just regular ground beef burgers, and the third burger, not necessarily in that order, but the, the other burger is going to be the Impossible Burger. Uh, and so I'd like you to try each one of these. Um, you can do repeats. Just let me know. And we'll try to see if we can see if you can figure out which of these is the plant-based burger. Okay. Sounds are you, good. Are you ready to start? I am ready. Okay. So burger number one is set in front of you. Okay. It's cut in quarters, so just find yourself one-fourth of it. Okay. Feel free to make any kind of comments along the way. <clears throat> good texture. Meaty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. All right. Ready yep. for number two? I'm ready. Number two is in front of you. I'm ready. Trying number two. Whoops. Might want to try another one. Yep. I think you dropped the burger. Part. I did, yep. I lost some <laughs> meat out of that one. Mm -hmm. Again, good. Similar texture. Or meaty. Okay. Okay, you ready for number three? I'm ready for number three. There is number three. Okay. <clears throat> Again, very similar texture. Very, very tasty. Okay. Okay. Would you like to retry any of the burgers? Or do you think you kinda have a, a good idea? No, I think I feel like I got a pretty good idea. Alright. So which one? Number one, number two, or number three do you think is the plant-based impossible burger i believe number three is the impossible burger all right and why do you say that um just had a different taste than the other two um uh the texture was though similar was just a little bit uh less chewy if you will um and just the flavor was um it just the flavor was a little different. It didn't taste quite as a meaty, a beefy, okay. beefy flavor. Okay. Well, you can take your uh, your mask off and congratulations. You picked the Impossible <laughs> Burger. All right. <laughs> Pretty good. Yep. It was uh, all. Even having said that, it was it was a, it was a very tasty burger. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you nailed it without even yeah. needing to to do any yeah. retries. Yep. All right. Congratulations. Yep. Well, thank you. Thanks for participating. Sure. Well, there you have it. In a blind taste test, the Impossible Burger was unable to fool a confirmed beef eater. Maybe the 3.0 version will do better. It's time to summarize and go over the take-home messages for today's episode. All of us older adults grew up with the understanding that hamburgers were made from ground beef. When, in the latter part of the last century, ground beef got some bad press for its high fat content, particularly saturated fat, 
meat producers started making turkey burgers, which were leaner. Now, thanks to the miracle workers of food science, there are new kids on the burger block. These patties made from plant-based ingredients can mock conventional meat burgers in every way conceivable. Appearance, taste, smell, texture, and cooking properties. Both the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger have the ability to fool dedicated and lifetime meat eaters. Well, not in my case, but uh, a lot of them. Just go to YouTube. What are the benefits and detriments of this relatively new food trend? First, the benefits. It's much easier and less expensive to grow plants than animals. There is better quality control of the finished product. You don't have to be concerned about the ugliness and horror of confined animal feeding operations or factory farms, where in a single facility, thousands of cows are kept under unnatural conditions and fed very unnatural diets to fatten them up. Not a pleasant experience for the millions of cows raised for beef production each year. You don't have to worry about diseases being transmitted from animal to human, like mad cow disease or listeria. Recently, eight people were hospitalized in New York, New Jersey, and Michigan with that disease, and one died. You don't have to be concerned about the excess use of antibiotics or steroids. And if environmentally minded, you can be less concerned about climate change since animal agriculture contributes around 15% to global warming. Plus, raising plants uses much less water and other resources. Next, the plant-based burgers have a few health claims that they can make, such as zero cholesterol content and lower saturated fat, both bad for the heart. That may all sound great, but let's look at the downsides. These burgers, like many of the other products I've explored in this podcast, are nothing more than industrial foods. They use highly processed ingredients. Based on some rough estimates, about 93% of the ingredients in the Impossible Burger are highly processed. For the Beyond Burger, that number is about 67%. There are a bunch of ingredients in each plant-based burger. Compared to the one ingredient in ground beef, the beef, the Impossible Burger has 15 components and the Beyond Burger has a whopping 21. At various times in this podcast, I've talked about how the processed food industry relies heavily on two crops that dwarf everything else grown in this country, namely soybeans and corn. About 47% of the Impossible Burger is derived from soy and corn. Lastly, there are no organic ingredients in either burger. These new food industrial creations born in food science laboratories, the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger, are not health foods and should be lightly consumed. However, due to the extent that you might be addicted to a high-protein fast food McDonald's-like cuisine, these products might help to wean you off of an even more unhealthy diet. Also, Although these burgers are made from very processed, plant-based ingredients, they are certainly more sustainable from an environmental perspective than a diet heavy in meat products. We Americans consume excessive amounts of protein, and too much of a good thing leads to bad things, such as kidney disease and intestinal disorders. Unless you're an endurance athlete or a bodybuilder, consider limiting your protein intake 
to about 0.5 grams per pound of body weight per day. So, for example, if your weight is 150 pounds, try limiting your protein intake to 75 grams per day. If you want to start eating plant-based substitutes to cut down or eliminate your meat consumption, I can recommend a healthier alternative to the Impossible or Beyond Burgers. The company Sweet Earth sells packs of two quarter pound patties that are 70% organic, have 14 grams of protein and 4 grams of fiber per patty, and they have no, as in no, ultra-processed ingredients. No chemical laboratories were needed to make these burgers. They are pre-seasoned and pre-cooked. All you have to do is throw them on a skillet or on a grill. The burgers cook up wonderfully in minutes and taste great. Well, that's it for this show. I hope you enjoyed it. To all you food eaters out there in podcast land, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a review, good, bad, or indifferent, at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or a host of others too numerous to mention. If you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast or just want to say hello, drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's all one string, foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. If you think your family, friends, co-workers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. Don't forget that the references provided in this podcast are available in the show notes located at the Podbean hosting website, or they may show up in your podcast app. Lastly, I have a Facebook page that is an adjunct to the podcast. Several times a week, I post news items related to food ingredients, processed foods, and food trends. Just search in Facebook under Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Please give it a like when you get a chance, post a comment, and feel free to share the posts. Next month, uh, I think I'll do another news show since there has been a bunch of interesting stories coming out since the beginning of the year. Until next month, remember, if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is a clip from Derp Nugget, composed by Kevin McLode.